title of this morning's message is, What in the World is Happening to the World? You know, the world, when we talk about the, this world and this world system, uh, this, uh, we're talking about the, uh, the, the powers that be, and, and you know, God's given us all free will, we understand that, uh, to, choose, to choose righteousness, to choose right, to choose God, or not. And um, it's been a historical uh, fact that this world system has opposed Christ and has opposed God. Um, that's, that's nothing new. But this world and this earth, it's not, uh, it's not eternal. It has a beginning, had a beginning, and it has an end. The Bible tells us about that. And this world, this earth that we live in is not heaven. Sometimes we begin to put too much uh, stock into uh, the here and now. And it's really just, uh, uh, as, the, as the Bible says, it's like a vapor. We're here for a little time and then it passes away. It's hard to remember on a day-to-day basis, but uh, at this moment, this world system is not subject to God. It's not subject to the Creator. Uh, that's why when the Lord told His disciples, taught His disciples how to pray, what did He tell them? He said to pray that Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And right now, God's will is not done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, there will be a time, there will be a time when it is. Uh, we look forward to the millennium when Jesus Christ will set up a kingdom here and there will be peace on earth. Uh, we have not really understood peace. But this world system, uh, really since uh, before Christ and, and through, throughout to today's ages, is honestly, it's, it's anti-Christ. It's anti-God. Uh, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now, he's not talking about the people in the world because the Bible tells us in John chapter 3 that God loved the world, the people that were in the world, so much that He gave His life for them. He's not talking about not being in love with the, the people of this world, God's uh, most loved creation, us, made in the image of God, but He's talking about the system, this world system, and He explains that. Love not the world, neither the things that were in the world. If any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and He explains what He's talking about, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. When we see those things in the world today, those things that are going on in the world today, they're not of the Father. They're not. They're not. That's not His. So many times people say, when tragedy happens, people say, how oh, I would God allow that to happen? God didn't, God didn't want that to happen. That's not how He created the earth. He created the earth and there was, there was, there was no death. The Bible says that uh, the this enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He brought death because of sin. He says, uh, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. This world's going to pass away. But the Bible tells us that, that God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where there will be peace and there will be. There's, you know, there's obvious... There's obviously a battle against good and evil going on. We've talked about that before. And, and when we're against God and we're against the laws of God, it becomes a dangerous world to live in. 
when 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 the 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 morality and the and the 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 laws of God are broken, it becomes a a dangerous society. And we've seen that. We we can look all. I mean, it's not it's not. We can look in the world right now and see that unfolding, uh, where God is pressed out and, and God's laws are pressed out and pushed out, and there's no room for God. It does not become better. You know, it, it, this is not a new thing that the, that the world, you know, sometimes we look at the news today and feel like the, that the world's getting worse. I, the world has always been against Christ. It's always been against God and the laws of God. The Bible says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You know what was the, uh, you know what was different? What was different is a nation called Israel that's for, for, Points in time when they said, we will follow God and we will follow his laws. That was different. It was different when this nation, America, said, we will be a nation built on biblical principles. And in God we trust. That was different. That was progressive. That was like the new thing. Because before that, other than times in Britain's history and and Spain and a few other that had great awakenings where they came to know Christ, the world had been darkness. The the dark ages, there was no light, there was no no fear of God and love of God and and Christian morality. I'm not going to get political this morning, but I am going to get biblical. And, And... you know, sexual immorality and, and the killing of unborn babies, that is not political. That is biblical. That, has, that, that problem is not new. That problem was a problem from the very beginning. From the very be- you open your Bible and look in Genesis, those issues are in there. People say we can't talk about in church social issues. And what can we talk about? I mean, social issues are important. It's our society, isn't it? I feel like it's important. In Genesis chapter 6, right at the very beginning, Moses says in, in Genesis chapter 6, For God saw the wickedness of man, that it was very great, and their heart and their imagination was evil continually. This was shortly after civilization started and and they pushed God out and they had no fear of God, no love of God and they did not want to hear His laws or keep His commandments or have His sacrifices. We know what happened there in Genesis chapter 6. The flood came. And after that we see in Genesis chapter 13 Moses writes about but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before God exceedingly. There's been issues down through time of sexual immorality. This is not a new thing and just in our culture. It's been like this throughout human history. In every culture, in every society. I think of Exodus chapter 1. Right in the beginning where Pharaoh commanded the midwives. Listen to this. Commanded the midwives in Exodus chapter 1. That when, while they were delivering the baby, that they were to kill every man child. This is not a new thing. That went on uh, when Jesus was born by the Roman Empire. Uh, it went on way back then uh, with Pharaoh. And you know what those midwives did? These were Egyptian midwives. The Bible says in, in Exodus chapter 1 that they feared God. The Bible says that, that they feared God, the Almighty God. 
And they would not do it. They stood up against that evil government and that evil ruler and they said, we will not do partial birth abortion. We won't do it. And you know what the Bible says? God blessed those midwives. Exodus chapter 1. I, I'm just saying, the, the issues that go on in the world today, they're not new. They're, they're as old as mankind. What was new was a country, America, and a country, Israel, and a few others that have had great awakenings and, and come to God that said, we will stand on Christian morality. And it was a blessing, and it was the greatest thing that happened in this world. It was the light of the world. This world, sometimes it seems like it's going crazy. The Bible tells us in Revelation that the devil has deceived the nations. He brings destruction. Destruction of individuals and destruction of societies. He's done it. There's folks, uh, there's places in the world today where God is not welcome. The God of this Bible is not welcome. And let me just say that those countries are not a safe place to be. I just got I just got a picture uh, from the guys that I was with in the area that I was at of a Christian preacher and his wife that were killed in India. I saw the pictures of him. I, they took the pictures of him dead. They beat both of them in the head. It's going on around the for preaching the gospel right where I was at a few months ago. It's going on around the world today. People do not like the light. They press it out, and it's, it's not acceptable. It's, it's, you know. God, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you respect someone that is an expert in their field? Do you, do you respect their opinion? It would be wise to, wouldn't it? To expect that expert's opinion? I would say that God, the creator and the institutor of marriage and the institutor of, of, of government... In Genesis chapter 9 in our society, that he is an expert in social issues. He's an expert. And we should take, we should listen to what he has to say. It might be helpful to all of us, a benefit to our to our fabric of our society and in our homes and who we are as a people, as individuals, or as a society, as a nation. Honor his his word, honor his opinion. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. When we, when we think about these uh, 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 decisions and things that we have to make, why not honor what His Word says and what He tells us, what He says for us to do? There's plenty of examples of this world system uh, not appreciating the light of the truth of the Word of God. Think of the one that baptized Jesus, John the Baptist. Jesus said about John the Baptist, he was the greatest of the prophets. He was a friend of Jesus, and he was a cousin of Jesus. And you know why he lost his head? Because he told a politician that sexual immorality was wrong. And they took his head off for him. Herod, Herodias. They didn't like it. But you know what? It didn't change the fact that it was wrong. Even though John was dead, they got rid of John, but it didn't change the fact. We can try and get rid of those things, but when God sets things up for a reason, they're true. The Word of God is true. I I, I had this uh, 
kind of this story. You know, the Bible has been despised, derided, denied, disputed throughout history. It's the most debated book in all of history, and it's been under attack in many countries for many centuries. Yet, the Bible is still the most read, published, and translated book in the world. It's, um, and most importantly, it is responsible for changing people's lives, and many people around the world would attest to that. The Bible, this, this person here says uh, that the Bible is the greatest single source of our culture today. It's the greatest single source for music, art, and architecture over the last 2,000 years. And has a big part on, on our English language. Despite, despite all of its attacks. There was a... Uh, a famous French philosopher years ago, his name was Valère, Valère, excuse me. And he was an atheist, he, he, uh, he derided the Bible, he was very much against the Bible, and he made a bold statement at one point. He said, 100 years from today, the Bible will be a forgotten book. Today, Without me telling you, you would have forgotten that Vel Voltaire said that quote. But we still, most of us here, hold a Bible in our hand today. But what is even more interesting than that, is Voltaire died, and after he died, the French Bible Society bought his estate and turned it into a place where they published and sold the Bible for 100 years after his death. After the hundred years after his death where they sold and published the Bible, they turned it into the museum about the Bible Society. And it is that today. His quote was wrong. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not Amen. pass away. You can't get rid of them. They're here to stay. Look at John chapter 17 where I'd ask you to turn. John chapter 17. You say, what in the world are we going to do? What in the world are we here for? If the, world's, if the world's bad, if the world's going wrong, then what's the use? Well, Jesus prayed a prayer of intercession for us in, in John chapter 17. And by the way, Jesus is our intercessor. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, For there is one God. And one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He is making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father now. Hebrews chapter 7 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them from the uttermost that come unto God by him, talking about Jesus, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Jesus Christ, our intercessor to God, our way to God, our, our, our vehicle to God, the way that we can now come boldly before the throne of grace and talk to God is why? Because of Jesus Christ, our intercessor. But he's, he's praying here for us, and, and he says in John chapter 17, verse 1, that his hour has come. If we read the Gospels about uh, Jesus, many times he said, my hour is not yet come. Remember that? Right. Things would be happening and he'd say, my hour's not yet come. 
they would try to catch him and kill him, the Pharisees or something like that, and he'd say, my hour's not yet come. Meaning, he wasn't, he, Jesus Christ came to be the sacrifice for sin. And he said, it's not time yet, it's not time yet, it's not time yet. He had to die at the very moment there on Passover when, uh, when it was right for him to die as the sacrifice for our sin. But Jesus said, my hour's not come yet. But now he says, my hour's come. It's time. I'm going to go to the cross. And he knew it. He knew he was coming to be a sacrifice for our sin. And he begins to pray for his disciples. And not just pray for his disciples, but he prayed for us. Look at John chapter 17 and verse 20. He says, neither pray I for these alone, talking about the twelve, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Hey, we're part of that, right? The ones that shall believe. The ones that shall believe. And he prays for them. Look at what he prays a few things about. In verse 11, John chapter 17 and verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep thou thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus said, hey, I'm coming to you. I'm not going to be in the world anymore. But these are going to stay in the world, the believers. He said, help them to become one. He wants unity amongst the believers. Look at verse 22. He says, and the glory which thou gavest me, I give them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and thou and me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. He's saying, hey, I'm praying for the believers, for Christians to be in unity. You know, the, very, the early church was persecuted. You, you know, again, Christians, just because of our culture in, in, in America, we, we're so blessed that we, we, do not, we are not persecuted at all. We are not persecuted at all. But for the last 2,000 years, most of the church has been. They've been persecuted. The early church was, was persecuted terribly. They were fed to lions and burnt to the stake and they'd lost all their possessions. To come to know Christ, you know, just like in India today when someone is, was saved, they change their name and they're baptized, they could lose their job over that. They, lose, uh, they could lose their family over it. And that was true and even worse with the early church. Around 300 AD, the, the, the Bible in Revelation talks about that church time period being called the church of Smyrna, which means myrrh, which myrrh is a, is a perfume, but it, it doesn't smell good until it's crushed. And the early church was crushed. It was crushed by Rome until eventually, uh, eventually Constantine joined them. said, you can't, you can't destroy them, so let's, let's join them. For, for hundreds of years, they were crushed. And you know what happened to the church while they were crushed? They grew. They grew. They were, they, it, was a, it was a sweet 
Smell. As they were burned to the stake and they were fed to the lions and they'd lose all their possession, you'd think that it would hush them down and, and people would uh, turn from it, but it didn't. It spread like wildfire. You know, what, you know what the persecution really did to the believers of the early church? United them. Brought them close together. And that was what Christ prayed for. Hey, make this church united. As brothers and sisters in Christ and the family of God. You know, the unity of the church brings glory to God. Secondly, Jesus in this prayer prays for them to be kept from evil, to be kept from temptation. Look at verse 14 of John chapter 17. You know, I don't necessarily buy into the health and wealth gospel. I, in America, you know, it's, it's, it's not unpopular really to be a Christian. And, 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 you know, even politicians of all kinds, they use the name of God because it's, it's, it's popular to do that. And that's great in America. I think it's good that we still have that, that freedom. But, but I, I don't buy into that if you uh, love God and serve God that you're going to be, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise. That, uh, you, you know, that's not what Jesus promised. Look, read these verses. He says in verse 14, I have given them, talking about the disciples, thy word, and the world hath hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You know, as believers, as followers of Christ, we're, we're not of this world. This isn't it for us. This isn't everything for us. All of our, all of our hopes and all of our dreams are not tied up in this world system. Let me tell you something. If it was, if all of our hopes and all of our dreams was tied up into the world systems, there would be times when I'd watch the news and I'd get really depressed. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm sickened by it, but I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed one bit. I know what, we already know that the world is not going to just fall for the Lord. Fall for God. We know how this is going to end. If the book of Revelation wasn't written, and 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 Peter and, and Jesus, the prophecies that he told in the Gospels about the, the the how this world's going to end, if we didn't, if those weren't there, we would think maybe God wasn't in control. But because He wrote exactly how it was going to end, we say, I know for sure He's in control because what's happening is what the Bible said would happen. He says they're not of the world. I pray, verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world. Why is it that when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, God just doesn't whew, take us to heaven? You ever thought that? He leaves us here. Not only does He leave us here, we're going to see in a second, He sent us. We're here on purpose. We're here for a good reason. He said, uh, I pray not that thou take them out of the world, but that thou shalt keep them from what? From evil. For they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, hey, I pray that you keep them from evil. I pray that you keep them from temptation. Just as this world has a free will, we have a free will. And by the way, our enemy, the devil, Satan, he, he cannot, no one can make anyone sin. We all sin of our own choice. But what, what does happen is we're tempted. We're tempted. The, the lure comes across. The temptation comes. And then you know what we do? 
we choose. That's what James was talking about in James chapter 1 when he says, Let no man say when he is tempted that he is tempted of God, because God can tempt no man with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God doesn't tempt us to do evil, but every man is tempted, we're all tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. All of us have what we talked about last week, weaknesses. You know? So we, we've got some weaknesses. And when those weaknesses are tempt us, uh, if, if we are not uh, uh, drawn close to the Lord and, 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 and in unity with Him and in fellowship with Him, then we're more apt to be what? Enticed. And what? Led away. Drawn away. This pain and this destruction is what the Lord wanted to save us from. You know, when the Lord tells us things that are good for us and not, it's not, again, it's not because God is a dictator that just wants His way. He's a loving Father that really wants us to have peace, really wants us to have fulfillment, wants us to have uh, the life that He created us for, right? It's not that He just wants His way, he, but... He said, sanctify them through thy truth. thy truth. Thy word is truth. We are set apart. We are sanctified through truth. The truth of the word of God, the truth that God leads us into, you know what that will help us from? It will help us from temptation. It will help us from the traps that are set, the snares that are set of evil, right? This word, the word will help us with that. Okay, look at verse 18 of John chapter 17. Jesus says, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. Let me just say, all of us have been sent. We've been sent into the world. Is it right for us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ to be, uh, you know, our own little clique, our own little group, to be isolated from this world, to not interact with, with the people of this world? Of course not. That would, be, that would be crazy. You say, but it, sometimes it hurts to interact with this world. Sometimes it hurts to show my, my faith to other people. Sometimes, you know, it's not popular. Sometimes uh, I'm looked down on if I talk about the Bible as truth. Uh, it's all right. That's all right. But we're not to be secluded. We're not to be isolated from the rest of the world. We're to go into the world and the people and, and love them. Show the love of Christ. You said, what, what do you do when, when they persecute you? Love them. That will really show them that there's something different. What do you do with someone that is, doesn't believe like you and doesn't think like you? Love them. Show them the love of Christ and the truth that can set them free. We're not to fight this world. We're not to take up arms and none of that craziness. No. We're to be the light of the world to show Christ. What, what, changed, what changes people is when we see someone that will stand on their faith and not budge, not one inch, but also not be nasty about it and not have a chip on their shoulder, not want to fight about it, but just show the truth, show the light of, light of, light of Christ. He reflects through us. He says we're sent into the world. How, how are we going to be able to show others the truth of Jesus Christ if we're not involved in the world and a part of it? We're not of it. We're not of it, right? We're not of this world. We read that, but we are sent into it almost like ambassadors, right? We're from, we're from a different place. Our, our citizenship is where? Heaven. 
We were representing Christ here on earth, remembering that this is not our home. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, in whom the God of this world, small g, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest they should see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. You say, who's, who's blinding the, the eyes of the, this world today? It's, it's the enemy, the God of this world, small g. Jesus sent his disciples, turn to Matthew chapter 10. He sent his disciples out to into the world in, in Matthew chapter 10, and I thought some of the instruction that he gave them we may be able to use today. He says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 11, Jesus sending again his disciples out, and he says, And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it be not worthy, let your peace return. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. You know, he said, you know when someone, when, when someone uh, says, get out of here, you don't belong, I don't want to hear what you have to say, just shake it off. Don't let it uh, get too personal. Don't, you know, just kind of shake it off. It's not a big deal. They're not rejecting you. That's what Jesus said. He said, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. It's not, it's not you that you're, don't take it personal. When someone doesn't want to hear what you have to say, they're not rejecting you. Just shake it off. Let it go. He says, verse 15, Verily I say unto you, It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and they shall scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. That exact, that, 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 actually, that happened to the disciples. They were scourged, and they were brought before councils and kings and govern, uh, governors. And ultimately, they were, many of them, all of them, martyred, those disciples. You say, so what do we do? Well, the results aren't up to us. As we shine the light of Jesus Christ into this culture, into this time, into the time period that we are at, which, by the way, I think is a good one. I'm happy to God put us here at this time, in this place. I, I'm not discouraged about that one bit. It's great to be alive today. We may, you know, we, we may be alive in the return of Jesus Christ. That's exciting. Someone, there, was people, there was a generation that was alive at the first coming of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be great if we're, we're the ones that are alive? Don't get discouraged, don't be, but be encouraged. The Bible tells us that, hey, things might get bad, but it's going to get a whole lot better. It's going to get a whole lot better for, for believers, for Christians. There's a story... Uh, I've heard it before and looked it up, found it, of, of an old missionary couple who'd spent their lives uh, serving God in, in Africa. And they were returning home um, after years of doing this, and 
They were on a ship and they were going to be pulling into New York City and they were in poor health. They decided that they were going to retire and when they were on the ship heading back to New York City, they found out that President Teddy Roosevelt was also on board and he was returning home from one of his big game hunting expeditions. When the, trip arri- when the, when the uh, ship arrived in, in New York City, uh, there was crowds of people there just to get a glimpse of the president, band playing, the mayor was there, all these folks were there. The missionaries, they stood on the deck watching as all of this happened and, and uh, looked and uh, there was no one there to greet them. No one had come to see them home. They headed off into the busy streets of New York City and the man said to his wife, you know, this man comes back from a hunting trip and he's got all this fanfare and all these people you know, here to greet him. He's got the red carpet treatment. And here we've spent our lives serving God on the mission field. And we return home. And there's no one to greet us. And the wife, she put her hand on, on her husband's arm and says, uh, Honey, we're not home yet. And that's the truth. We're not home yet. This is not our home. If you're looking for your reward down here, if you're looking for your glory down here, fanfare down here, it's not going to happen. Maybe it's, you know, I wouldn't look for it. But we're not home yet. When we, when we enter into heaven and, and we are seated down at the marriage supper of the Lamb and Jesus Christ Himself serves us, I think, I think we'll be uh, excited that we, that we gave of ourselves and served Him for this little time down here. Just be faithful. Just be faithful to be the light, to be the... the the uh, stand on truth and, and, and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. In Jude, the book of Jude, verse 20 through 24, the Bible says, But ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. And some, having compassion making a, a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know what he says? Hey, God's <laughs> able to keep us from falling. Until then, uh, lead people to Christ. Point people to Christ. He says there may be different ways. Some... Some maybe through fear. Some through compassion. You know, people react different ways to different things. Sometimes uh, the fear of God may bring you to the knowledge of God. And sometimes the love of God is what will bring you to Christ. Just draw closer together. Draw closer to believers and be in unity as God, Jesus Christ prayed. But draw closer to God. As we draw closer to God, hey... It, 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 in the metaphor of Jesus Christ as the shepherd and we're the sheep, hey, the closer you are to the shepherd, the least worried you have to be of the wolves. Draw closer to God and you'll be, you'll be safe from those temptations. You know, go into the world. Go into the world with boldness and, and, and express our faith and sh- show the light of Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you, the Bible says, than he that is in the world. We know how this is going to end. Don't we? In closing, we know how it's going to end. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged And if the world goes completely crazy. We have the hope of Jesus Christ. We have the hope of the Word of God. Stand on the truth. 
Don't be in love with this world. Don't expect this world to be something that it's not. But show the love of Jesus Christ in the light of Jesus Christ.